Unashamed, the recovery podcast. Hey, recovery fam. Welcome to another episode of the Unashamed Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Drew. I'm Drew. I'm your host, Josh. That's Drew. Josh is confused. Let's just meet today's guest. Let's meet our next guest. <laughs> well, hi there, Caitlin. Hi. How you doing? I'm great. So do you care to tell everybody who you are? I'm his daughter. Oh, this is going to get juicy, y'all. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so, Caitlin, um, the reason you're on the show today is to... We're going to talk about a specific subject of where we're talking about uh, the children of addicts who had to live through their parents' addiction. Um, and I know uh, through our various talks since you know I decided to take the step to get clean um, that we've had you know some interactions as far as you telling me um, about some of the uh, the happenings or or how it's affected you in your life today. So. Uh, I think this is us breaking some of that stigma as far as um, because, you know, it's rarely ever talked about or heard from the the child's point of view of actually how destructive um, addiction can be to children. So. This is your your time to shine, baby girl. Um, I would love to hear, uh, you know, and I'd love for everybody else to kind of get a shot of or or an earful of what they're doing or what happens to children of addicts so start by introducing yourself i guess well i'm caitlin i'm 16 and i'm well we already said this but i'm his daughter um i don't really know what else to say well i i live with my grandparents and i've had to live through you and my mom going through a lot like with your own journey i guess right um and it has it has affected a lot of how i am now and like just how i am as a person i guess so i don't really yeah so how would you know and we often ask this question on the podcast is so in your story because this is exactly what it is this is your story more so than it is mine how would that first chapter look uh, as far as what would you label the first chapter of your book as far as dealing with a parent or parents, in your case, that went through addiction or are still going through addiction? Well, um, I guess I would just, I would think back to like how I felt when it first all started happening, which I mean, it's been going on since I was young and I didn't really know what was going on. But I guess I would just, I would just bring up the fact that um, it has affected like me mentally. And I would bring up how I think and how I feel towards others because of how I saw you and my mom go through everything and how I treat other people because of it. So I don't, I don't really know like what the first chapter would would be called or like what it would say all I really know is that it would start with 
how I personally started looking at how the world is. Um, if that makes sense. It makes a ton of sense. Um, which I am very like empathetic because of not only having to deal with like grandparents seeing how they also struggled with it right and, like how they had to deal with it but um just how i had to kind of learn to understand what was going on and to um be able to support you and my mom and help y'all not be like discouraged about getting better and all this <laughs> other stuff that could possibly affect you and my mom well, you know, um, my addiction, and I will say this, and I'll be very uh, transparent when I say this, I know that it caused me to uh, miss out on a ton of your life. Um, so how did that, how did that ultimately affect you there? Well, every time I would go somewhere, kids would be like, well, where's where's your parents? Like, where's your dad? Why do you live with your grandparents? And I think that really, like, hit me when I was in elementary school because I didn't really know the answer to a lot of those questions. And not having, like, my father at a lot of, like, important things really just, I don't, I don't, I think it was just really confusing at that point. And I didn't really, like, know how to deal with it and I was like I guess it was just really hard to see other people's parents be there and then just know that like well my dad's not coming but it's, it's okay and like just having to like reassure myself that it was because like you had stuff to go through and it wasn't because of me right but you know um Ooh, I'm about, about teared up a little bit on that one. Uh, I told you you were going to cry. <laughs> oh, hush, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it it because it, it bothers me at some of the decisions that I made as far as um, the lifestyle I chose when, you know, um, I was a young parent, uh, which is no excuse, but, you know, I was choosing the party lifestyle over actually being there for you, and that, that was wrong of me. You know, um, I know we've talked about it numerous times, um, but to say that, um, you know, and, and I know it affected you in so many ways, and I know sometimes it's a little harder to talk about it when, when we're in a setting like this, uh, but you know, um, I love you, you know that, you know that, yeah. and uh, but I'm not going to lie to you whenever... I had the opportunity to be a parent. It scared the crap out of me. I mean, you're the one who made me a daddy. You know what I mean? Uh, but it did. It scared the crap out of me. And so I knew one thing. Whenever I got scared, it was fight or flight. And, you know, I flew to um, drugs, alcohol, um, and promiscuity. You know, um, you know, we've been, we've talked about <laughs> the wide spectrum of, of how everything, uh, my thought process. And it was, it was, it was crazy, you know. Uh, I didn't know it affected you that way, you know, as far as, you know, being uh, bullied, because we've talked about you being bullied uh, by other kids, but due to the fact that you live with my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that was the best option for you at that point in time, due to the fact that my lifestyle was crazy, your mom's lifestyle was crazy. Um, 
and I'm glad that you know I've had the opportunity uh to start to try the healing process but um so let's keep digging let's get those shovels out uh oh. I'm probably gonna end up crying at the end of this so I'm gonna start crying in like ten seconds huh so it's probably gonna be ten seconds you me or you yeah you <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. You're Thanks so for having welcome. so much faith in me, Caitlin. Um, but you know, um, so you know, uh we talked about, you know, you living with my mom and dad with you, you know, Granny and Papa. Uh how you know, you've seen me be at the house, kicked out mm-hmm. of the house, um, fighting with Papa. Uh, you've seen me at my wildest. Matter of fact, uh, in my relapse story, you're a big part of it. Um, due to the fact that you're me seeing you and me seeing you see me, um, in my complete moment of psychosis is what actually kind of brought me back to reality. At uh, the fact that I, you know, I was, I was crazy. How did that affect you, uh, in that moment? I was really. I think in the moment of it all happening, I was just really, like, scared because, once again, like, I just didn't understand because I was young and I just saw a lot of stuff happening all at once. And it was it was a lot to process, and I'm still processing a lot of it that happened because that's a lot to take in, seeing, yeah. like, a, a lot of fighting, a lot of just yelling what people would think was quote-unquote insaneness just going on but like I think I I managed to keep myself pretty calm through it all which is I'm very thankful for and having granny there of course to like help with that a little during the moment (laughs) during the moment um was was good to be able to at least I'm just glad that I was there to see it instead of like my brothers because I don't know how that would affect them and I know that right. I could handle it and so I mean I guess I'm glad to have been there through that because it helped me grow as a person and it I mean obviously it made me mature a lot faster like mentally um but which you should, you know, and get to enjoy a childhood. I mean, yeah. And but. you should have enjoyed a childhood with us being more involved, you know. Um, I don't think you would have wanted me to be as involved uh, in some of the crazy states of mind that I was in. But, you know, um, my life of addiction actually took me away from you due to the fact that it took me to prison. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that make you feel? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't want this to feel like, you know, a Dr. Phil episode, <laughs> you know. Man, look, Caitlin, let loose. Tell us, you know, break down these the, the barriers. You know what I mean? Because I know that you're holding a lot back. Just a little. Yeah. Just a just a wee bit. This this is your open range right now for you to just kind of. Uh, how do how do I normally say it? Rip me a new one if you got to. Yeah. 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 Um. What was the question though? Um, you know, how did, like, whenever I went to prison, how did you view that? How did that affect you there? Well, it, like, a lot of my memories of you were from when I was older instead of when I was, like, young and when 
a lot of the fun stuff that we did actually happened. It was more of like, oh, I was like 12 and you came home and that was one of my like first big memories and like and that's really hard to believe for a lot of people because they're like well you you spent a lot of time with them when you were like little and I was like yeah but like that's not really the things that I remember because those weren't the things that were really well I mean they were important to but me, they didn't become but core they, memories. yeah they weren't core memories right and so like the times that you would come home and I would get like a letter from you during Christmas. Those were like the amazing moments. And I was really happy to have those, even though I do wish that like that situation wouldn't have had to happen in the first place. But I, at least I got that, you know? Right. And so, but it should have been more, you know? I mean, well, you can't change that now. So, I'm just glad to have had those moments when I got them. So, or like the phone. Oh, the phone calls were good times. <laughs> we hear eight eight thousand people <laughs> behind me screaming about me being on the phone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I know that you know Granny and them uh, did their best to. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, choking them back. I told you. Hush. <laughs> but you know, I know that Granny and did you know did her best to keep you busy at all costs. You know that way you wouldn't have to um, think about it. You know, and I really, I didn't really ever realize why she kept you so busy. But she still does. I know, I know. But you like, know. I feel like that kind of hurt the whole healing process because the busier I was, the less I could process, and it just made me save it for a later date. So now I'm kind of like still processing everything that happened in my like childhood right so i mean busy's not always better but so it did help how does moment. so how does uh you know the fact that i mean i don't this is what i, I my greatest fear is to ever feel like you thought i gave up on you you know and i'm glad you never gave up on me for one um I'm really glad that you never did. Stop. <laughs> Why do you laugh at you laugh at this? Because I laugh at awkward situations. You're such my child. I laugh at every emotion. You're such my child. I am. Oh, yes. they're tears. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to hide those. Leave me alone, Caitlin. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, seriously though, um you know, how does that affect you, you know, thinking or that thought process that possibly could have happened how does it affect you as far as like you're trusting people now Oof. yeah Oof. well okay it's really hard for me to like trust people and let people into my life now and when I do find those like really good people I try to keep them it, because once I tell you something that's happened in my life or in my childhood that like has helped me grow, I don't want to lose you. And so that's why I only trust a certain amount of people that I think are going to be in my life for a very long time. Right. If you, I don't think that you're going to be in my life for that long, then you're probably not going to get to know me that well. Like I might joke here and there, but like, you're not going to know who, like, I really am. Right. So I just, 
Because like, I know this core people that I know are gonna be there for a while. I know in our relationship that it was it was very tough for us to get to a point to where you understood that I wasn't going anywhere this time. You know that I wasn't going back to um, drugs, drinking, and partying and all that kind of stuff. You know it was a it was a testy situation in the beginning. You know because you were just like, eh, well, you know, hey, dad, bye, dad. You know. Yeah. It was more along the lines of like, all right, it's good to see you, you know, because mm-hmm. you were just I, I'm pretty sure I'm, you know, I'm speaking for you. And I, I kind of need to hear it from you. Or, you know, the viewers would love <laughs> to hear it from you. Um, how did so how did you view those interactions in, in the beginning of the, the recovery process? Like when you would just you would come and like when I first me. got out of rehab. Yeah, yeah. I. I didn't trust it. Yeah. I didn't. Because I was like, no, it's too good to be true. It's not going to be like a whole long time. And I'm, I really felt like I was just going to see you for like just a few weeks. Because that's just how my brain was wired at that point. It was like, see him for a small bit of time. Then he'll go away, but then he'll come back. So I, I always knew you were going to come back. I just didn't know if you were going to stay every time. And so in the beginning, I was like, not very open and I was not necessarily scared to say anything I just didn't know what to say to you and I didn't know how to open up to anybody because at that point I did not talk to anybody about how I felt nothing um and I guess well that in school that in school that whole issue in school made me very much like a a person who would who would try to like reach out to everybody and like be be friendly and people would call me like an attention seeker but it was really just me not knowing how to like deal with those emotions of like oh my dad just came back what what do, what I, do I say I do yeah. yeah so do you think that the fact that you possibly could have been attention attention seeking because you didn't have the attention from my mom your mom and me you know and then Granny and Papa are having to wrestle with the fact that I'm in and out of jail and yeah. in and out of the house and, you know, that because, um, you know, for a while, your daddy was homeless. Uh, and I know that, that, that you struggled with that. Granny struggled with that. Um, and I know, man, that you're seeing all these other kids that are having to that have their parents right there. And here I am living in an abandoned house, you know. Um and I know that's embarrassing, you know, for you. And I know that hurt. Um, whew. We we digging a little bit. But, you know, it's just one of those things, Caitlin, where, you know, um, it sucks because I never got the chance to build the bond with you at an early age. You know, we're doing better with it now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, that's just one of those things where I wish, I wish that I would have made better choices. You know, but now I inevitably, inevitably get to, <laughs> yeah, I just bumbled that <laughs> word all the way up. So now I get to say, hey, look, if you make this choice, that's probably what's going to happen. You know, um, I can actually 
guide you down a path to where you won't have to live the same life that I live. And that's one of the things that does scare the crap out of me because once again, you are my child, you know, and some of that decision-making sometimes, man, can get a little hairy, you know, um, because mm-hmm. all it takes is one, you know, um, and I never want you to face or have to be out of your child's life or if, you know, when that time comes, please don't make me an early grandpa. <laughs> Whew, child. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, I don't ever want you to have to, you know, feel like, you let your child down and that's I feel like I let you down um because here I am supposed to be hero and you know the uh you know I'm supposed to be example of what you would look for and a guy or anything else like that and I, I, I left you with nothing you know in the beginning stages where those memories are made or those examples are supposed to be you know but hopefully now you can take the example that I'm I'm showing you now uh, that change is possible. You know, I hope you take that to heart. You know, that whatever you go through, there's, there can be a change. You know, so what else would you like to add? I don't really know. I need bullet points. I could have written stuff down. <laughs> you and your list. I mean, it helps. It does help. It does help. It does. You know, so how does it affect you from um, a feminine or a female standpoint uh, that your mom, you know, is or was? And there's. Yeah. I'll let you talk about it and explain that. You go right ahead. <laughs> what am I supposed to talk about? I mean, just Good how part. it, how it, how it makes you feel, you know. Because this is basically, you know, we can talk to, you know, about this all day, but <laughs> I'd rather hear the nit grit that comes from you, you know. Uh, and I know this is something new to you. It's not something you haven't done any, you know, of this before. But, you know, when we get to talking about uh, the real part of it, we mm-hmm. start to break some of the stigma. Uh, we start to break some of the um, the ideals of that. You know, oh my! Well, my kids—they were too young to really understand what was going on, or uh, you know, because obviously, what I did, what I did, what I chose to do, affected you. You know, because um, we see that I see it lived out. You know, um, just like you're talking about some of the hurt, some of the the bullying, and some of the absenteeism that I I expressed. You know, so that's what that's where. I'm trying to dig in and, you know, get you to break the mold, the, 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 mold. the mold or the wall that, that you have up, you know. But I understand, see, and this is part of that, mm-hmm. is the fact that you still don't know how to break that mold or that wall down because it's just like, eh, well, you know. This happens, and this 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 is the result. And it's not really like a whole detailed thing. Right. A lot of the time, a lot, a lot of. Oh my God, your stumbling has rubbed off on me. You're welcome. Um. Anyways, um. A lot of the time. Wait, where was I? Where would? Um. I was talking about breaking the wall. Yeah. 
Um, a lot of the a lot of the time, details aren't really like a major thing that you focus on when stuff like this happens. You just focus on, oh, I feel this in the moment, and then you don't remember every single thing or like every situation that has come up because of a parent struggling with addiction. You just kind of see the whole big picture, and you have like core things that just stick with you right so what are some of those core things that actually just stuck with you well we both know the one major one was when i don't even know what happened you had to i had to leave the house oh yeah when i was outside screaming at the car (laughs) in the woods and telling everybody that they were watching the house and screaming about me going to jail didn't you think they were like police in the closet yeah i sure did yeah, I heard a lot of, I didn't really see a lot of it. I just heard pretty much over half of the whole situation. But then I was like rushed out of the house to go and do my homework in a parking lot with Sonic. Yeah, I was told you were going to dance. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Granny took me to Sonic and I did my homework in a parking lot. So it was, that was a big thing in my life and I still like sometimes I just my brain wanders and goes back to like those memories and it's not it's not pleasant I would definitely not use the word fun right to describe that but it happens more than I would like it to but those things like that like big things like fighting and like a lot of the negatives stick out a lot. And I guess a lot of parents or, like, grandparents, like, granny and papa, they don't really realize that, like, those are a lot of the memories that I have from my childhood. Like, yeah, I remember, like, a lot of the good stuff, but there's a lot of bad mixed in, and I don't think they, like, realize how much that affects me. Right. So how many, like, so when we're talking about the negatives, what are some of those key negatives? You know, just because I feel like our listeners need to understand from from the child of an addict how that how that looks. You know, um, all those negatives because you know we don't realize the residual effects that it has. Yeah. You know, just like you were saying. And I think that, you know, do if with due explanation or duly being explained, you know, we can actually figure out Mm-hmm. you know how that actually you know that way people don't go back you know yeah. they don't harm their children even more because it does become a psychological thing obviously so what are some of those negatives a lot of like the the yelling and fighting like going back and forth with because like I heard a lot of like you and Paul like fight all the time and I can just remember sitting in my room just talking to like my stuffed animals being like no it's okay it'll be over in like five minutes and like listening to music trying to like drown it all out so the fighting is like a big thing that sticks with me um just because like it was it was a lot going on and it was very loud and so the whole like going back and forth cussing, yelling, just screaming at each other just really sticks with. I think it would stick with a lot of kids that would have to go through that. Right. 
um, the whole being homeless thing, like you having to stay in the shop and like stay in one of the rooms at the house. Because I was always like, well, where is he right now? And they'd be like, oh, he's at the shop. Or like, oh, I don't really know. So it was kind of like a big thing that I would worry about was like, where is he? Because, I mean, I would see you. I just wouldn't know where you would go. Right. After. I was who we know now uh, that I was probably not in the best place. Yeah, no. Yeah. But... So, anything else you would like to add? About just you? No. Well. Let's consider this like your open mic night. <laughs> um, I know a lot of kids go through just having one parent deal with addiction. And they have the other parent, like the mom. Or like, oh, this is my dad. But I had neither of you. So I was like, oh, these are my grandparents. Yeah, fun. And I would get a lot of questions about that. And me not having, like, a mom there or, like, have a big, like, female role model besides my grandma was was tough. And it still is, like, really hard to deal with because I know that she's, she's trying her best. But, like, at the same time, it's it's really hard because I don't really know her. Right. And I, she doesn't she, – she knows some stuff about me, but, like, not everything. Same with you. Like, I don't – we don't – we know each other to a certain extent. Right. But we don't really know the basics and, like, the, the beginnings and, like, all the core stuff. So we don't we... – don't get in depth. Yeah, is what you're saying. Yeah, Because yeah. <clears throat> I know that when sometimes when we do have those in depth conversations, I get to a point and you're like, "Nope, I'm done. I'm done talking about this. Like, yeah. nah, we're not digging that deep. We're not kind of like you know right now mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> a little bit, but it's expected. You know, um, like I said, we didn't actually have a t- a chance to bond when you were younger, and we're trying to build that now. But you know, um, at this point. You know, I understand there's that trust issue. There's that mm-hmm. issue of vulnerability that you're... It brings you, up a lot of abandonment issues, attachment right. issues. You get attached to certain people. It's not it's not always healthy either because you go for the people that remind you of your the people that you grew up with. Right. And I grew up with grandparents that were going with through a lot. And having to deal with a lot of stuff and being stressed all the time, so like, I don't, I don't really know like the certain groups of people that I tend to like lean towards. They just remind me of people that like comforted me when I was younger. Like the friends I had in school were just people that would like were fun to hang out with. Same now, um, but. Not having both of your parents there was was really tough to know who to trust and tough to know who's a good thing, who's a good person to have in your life. Right. Like who you should hang out with and who you shouldn't, what's good for you, what's bad for you, toxic relationships, all that stuff comes back during middle school, high school, especially freshman year. Oh, freshman year is tough. <clears throat> 
So what I hear is it's like a, a lot of like blurred lines, mm-hmm. um, just due to the fact that you know, um, identity was a problem. Yeah, you know what I mean, um, which was a big problem for me as well, because uh, you know, and it's crazy because I was adopted, and I said I would never ever let my children go through that or never abandon them, mm-hmm. you know, and <clears throat> and in turn I did that, you know, and that's that's something I have to own. You know, I can only try to make the strides to do better now, you know. Um, and I still feel like I fail horribly at that sometimes. Uh, <laughs> that look kind of said it all. <laughs> oh, boy. But. Oh, Caitlin, hmm. I love you. I know. <laughs> I love how you never say it back either. <laughs> well, that's well, another thing. It's hard to say it back. It's hard to, it's hard to differentiate, right? Like who, who you're supposed to say it to? Because I, I, I tell my friends, oh, I love you so much all the time. But like, it's hard for me to say it to people, right? That are re- related to me or in like more than just a friendship type of like relationship thing. I understand. I understand. Well, well, recovery fam, that is a, uh, that's, that's the, a a daughter story, you know, um, of dealing with parents and addiction. Um, as you can hear some of the pain, some of the grief, some of the issues that, uh, end up becoming, um, that person due to the fact that, you know, we as addicts, we choose uh, the craziness and insan- insanity over love and affection or um, sheltering our, our, our children um, when we're supposed to. You know, we um, we have a morbid sense of reality that, you know, we're, we're choosing drugs over children, you know. Um, but I'm glad that I have the opportunity today to try to right the wrongs, you know, but, um, so if this story, uh, if it hits you in your heartstrings, uh, go down, uh, comment, like, click, share, um, make sure you, you're, you're getting involved in your kids' lives, you know, um, all of those who are, who are recovering, man, reach out to your children, you know, uh, just give them a bit of hope, you know, that you are trying to do the right thing, the next right thing. And Caitlin, I hope you understand that, you know, your daddy is trying to do the best that he can with what he has, you know. Um, All I can do is just try to keep progressing, you know, and take you along with me this time, huh? (laughs) How do you feel about that? I feel great. So what do you want to tell? That sounded so sarcastic. I really meant it. (laughs) So what do you want to tell those, uh, the, the, the addicts that are out there struggling to either get their kids back or that have... Uh, so to speak, uh, cho- chosen the the lifestyle over parenting. Um, just give them a bit of hope, you know, if you can. Your kids really just they just want to make sure that you're okay, and that you are trying to like take care of yourself. And well, your kids will understand. Like I understood that he was trying to help himself which is really important when you're going back to, like, a family. 
um, just make sure that they know you're you're okay and you're doing your best because that's really all they want in the end. So. Awesome. Awesome. All right, recovery fam. I just want to say uh, I love you guys. Caitlin? Love you too. <laughs> Hey, Recovery Fam. Thanks for watching another episode of the Unashamed Recovery Podcast. And if today's episode has somehow helped you out, or maybe it's encouraged you to get into recovery, consider subscribing to our channel, like this video. You can even give us a comment. Yeah. Oh, I was getting on there and liking it. See? Guys, you can find us on all social media at Unashamed Recovery 